Hello, everybody. We are back still without intro music, but the content is going to be great as always because we're following up on Garen's sermon from yesterday, December 12th, where he covered 1 John 5 and he talked about unanswered prayer. We asked the questions, why pray? Why does it matter? Does God hear us? What does this mean when we say in Jesus' name? A lot of questions. So Garen, I want to start by asking you this question. Why do we even touch this subject of an, of unanswered prayer. You seem like the kind of teacher that touches some subjects that that a lot of others wouldn't maybe. And so like, why this one? Why talk about unanswered prayer? Doesn't it just like, if we don't know the answer to it, doesn't it just frustrate us? Is it worth talking about? Shouldn't we just focus on things that are essential to like saving souls? This seems like something that could have been left off and you spent a Sunday talking about it. So why was it important enough to, to talk about? Yeah, I think a few things. Um, I really do feel like one thing I didn't like about was I saw people who had religion around me as a teen and all that. Is I felt like it, they were like, this has nothing to do with real life. And I never wanted a faith that didn't have anything to do with my real life. And real life is things like, I've got problems and I want to talk to God about it. Does he even hear me? And so part of it to me is, is if it doesn't impact my life, not even on a surface level, but even with my struggles, like to me, that's kind of a big deal. And I just had so many questions coming to faith, and I still have questions. And I feel like we're to love the Lord our God with our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind. And like to me, to push into questions that we have is healthy. And and the things that we doubt or that you struggle, like it's easy to, I think I'm going to ask you back in a minute, but to leave those things just to be the elephant in the room that everybody knows is there, but nobody wants to talk about. I feel like Man, we need to we need to push into those things and help people kind of wrestle and struggle. I really value wrestling with truth and wrestling with God. So, how about you? What? Why do you think it's important that we that we address these kind of things? I would point to two things. First of all, being a student pastor, you, I know that the the reason that lots of students walk away. Well, there's a few reasons, but one big one is that they feel like their questions don't get answers. Just mm-hmm. like you said, they will talk about the doctrine of grace or justification or things like that. But when it comes to really practical stuff that young people feel like the church doesn't want to get into the messiness of that. And yeah. those are hard questions. And so they, they'll just preach on the gospels and just leave it at that, you know? So I think it's important because it, I think it keeps people in the church and it lets people know that, that faith is for everyday life. It's not just for church life. And it's not just about knowledge. It's about living the way Jesus would practically. So that's one. The other thing is that isn't it a sign of, uh, isn't it a sign of unhealth if like we're unwilling to go somewhere? Yeah. Like if you went into a church and, and they were like, Garen, why don't you teach on on unanswered prayer?" And you were like, uh, "We're not going to go there. That's kind of tough." Isn't that a sign that something's wrong? Like not just with the church, but like with Christianity in general. If we can't talk about yeah, something, right. that means that something's wrong. So I think the fact that we're willing to talk about things. Um, that maybe other people are talking about or or maybe could be construed as like, hey, this is uncomfortable or yeah. this is frustrating mm-hmm. and it's messy. Like, yep. it's a good thing that we can go there. Yeah. So yesterday I talked about we have to live in the tension and that's the problem is there is tension in it. And I think a lot of people just want to ignore the tension or not individually because I think people struggle with those internally, but like as a group, let's just not talk about those things that create tension, even yeah. in me. Because it creates tension in me. I still don't have that totally figured out internally. Yeah. Um, but it's like being willing to press into those those things where there's tensions and paradoxes. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I also think it's kind of the same way with like when you're talking to Broncos fans about the <laughs> the post-Peyton quarterback situation. It's like they don't really want to talk about it, so why bring it up? 
it's just kind of a weird thing. Yeah. But as we know, there's there's certain people like uh, Zeke McCrory who bring it up like every week. Zeke McCrory, you're probably not listening to this, but you talk to me about football more than anyone in my yeah. life. It's so funny. And I think about Chiefs more than anybody in our life. So, dude, you are like the ultimate Chiefs fan. He races up to me every Sunday with a new like piece of NFL information or a quote <laughs> or a thought. And I'm just like, man, you're, you're nuts. Oh, you get stats. I get every week. Hey, guess how bad we beat you last week? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he works his way up to that for sure. I've started to stiff arm him if he leads with that, so he knows not to. <laughs> we love him. That's great. Zeke, Garen, you're awesome. Garen, something else that you said yesterday, you asked, why do we say in Jesus' name? Because sometimes I think people, we can get weird about this. Like, if you're somebody pray and they don't say, yeah. in Jesus' name, amen, then, then it kind of wigs them out. Yeah. And I think there's people on the other side who are like, well, why do you say that if it doesn't even mean anything? So can you yes. talk about... Um, your thoughts on that? Like, is it something we have to say or does it ever weird you out if we don't say it? Like, where are you with that? No, it doesn't weird me out. There was a time when it did because I thought it was a tagline that had to be there. And then as I realized what it meant, um, um, I learned that I could say the same thing in a way that was actually more meaningful to me. And that's a question I've been asked a lot over the years, especially people come out of non-Christian background. They're like, why do you like, why are those, those three words? Can you say that different? Does it have to be the three? And I just feel like a lot of people, it becomes a rut. Um, it just becomes the thing you say and you lose the message. And that's why the meaning, and that's why for me, the way I say it, sometimes I change it up. I pray this, I'm praying this for you, Jesus. It's because of you and for you makes it drives the meaning into my heart. I, I can't say that without it having meaning. So, um, yeah, I don't want to fall. I don't fall people that, that you know that we use it. I say it a lot, but I just feel like we need to know why and to be willing that it we can say it in different ways and it doesn't have to be those exact three words because I don't think that was Jesus' intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Katie's dad has always prayed like this, and I've never known why he said it. But it's funny that you mentioned it like this because now I can think I can know. Oh, that's why he prays. But he, he always says, um, "It's in your name and f- and for your sake that we pray." I always thought for your sake. What does that mean? But Garen, you, you broke it down into two. You said it's because of Jesus. So when we say in Jesus' name, it's two things. One, it's because of Jesus. So it's on his merit that yep. we're praying this. It's, right. He has done the work yep. for us to even pray this prayer. He is doing the work to make it happen. Like it's because of him. Yep. Second thing is for his sake, meaning it is in line with his character and purpose. So like your story with the cabins, you, you're praying this and you're saying, I am asking for this or I am telling you I want to do this because it is in line with who you are and what I believe you want for me, not uh-huh. because it's what I want for myself. Yeah. Is that a, Yeah, that my, I'm really, I really do think this is in line with you and I'm bringing it to you. You have greater wisdom and I trust you with it, but, but I really do, I'm trying to pray things that I really feel are in line with your character. It forces you to do that when you think that way. And yeah, that's, both parts of those to me are really, that's what's in the meaning of that for that culture. And the picture of Gethsemane was so good too, right? Like Jesus illustrates it perfectly. He tells the father, man, I don't want this. Yep. Like, please let this move on for me. But then he acknowledges, but you know what? Your will be done. I, you know, it's best. And so I'm going to submit to your plan. But if you're asking my opinion, this is yep. what I would really like, yep. uh-huh. but it's all subject to what you think. So really good picture of how we should pray. So if the Lord of the universe can pray that way, then shouldn't I be able to pray that way? Yeah, that's humbling. To ask right. and to be willing to submit to whatever that he knows best. Yeah. Both of those things. Humbling. Let me push back on something else, Garen. You said yesterday that God is eager to listen to our requests. Okay. But you and I both know that sometimes those requests come out as no's. So 
I'm picturing God waiting up in heaven, just listening, like, okay, Jordan, I know what you're going to ask, and I know it's going to be a no, but I can't wait to hear it anyways. And I'm like, <laughs> God, please, please let the Dodgers do something good <laughs> in the off season. And he's like, nope, sorry, I, I'm going to say no, but I'm really glad you asked. Thanks for stopping by and asking. I, I was eagerly awaiting that question. And it's a hard no. So like why, if God is eager to hear our request, is he also eager to give us the no? Like why, can you explain that? Because to me, I'm, I'm hung on that. Yeah. So two things, actually. Um, the first one is the very last sentence I uttered yesterday for worship was, the purpose of prayer is not to get answers, it's to get God. So it's really about the relationship. And when you and Jason and I talked about this two weeks ago, that really was the big thing that came out of that for me is like, this is a relationship, and it's a father-child relationship. It's not just a, a vending machine. I think somebody said that. A vending machine, I put money in and things pop out. But it's it's a real relationship. And you're a parent, and the older your kids get, the more you'll see this. And I tried to communicate yesterday that I, as a parent, I want to be asked. Even if I'm going to say no, because I know what's best, I still want to be asked. I don't want them hiding those things. I just I want to hear about their day. It's, it's that whole thing. I just want to have conversation, relationship, and part of that asking. And I love to be asked. And that's why I gl I'm glad you pointed me to the magician's nephew quote, mm. where Polly's like, well, why ask? He already knows. And then mm -hmm. the horse is like, hey, I have a feeling he likes to be asked. And that's what a good parent is like. So to me, that's what it is. It's that parenting thing of just the, re it's the relationships, what prayer is mostly about. And that's one of the ways we know God is a way better parent than we are, because he tells us to ask with persistence, right? And there's even yeah, that story of right. the guy in the middle of the night who knocks on his neighbor's door, and because he was persistent, the door is open and he's given what he wants. Not because he even wants to, yep. but because he's persistent. And that's the picture God paints for us, that we're to be so persistent and asking for for things, for the right things, that God is uh, convinced he is won over to give them to us, right? But like, if your kid asks you for the same thing more than three times, you're like, <laughs> Why do you keep asking me this? Just get out of here. I'm so annoyed by you right now. But God is such a better parent than us. Yeah. Um, and he likes he likes to hear those things. Very last thing as we kind of come up on the end of this thing, you showed us kind of a quadrant at the end. And it was about how we view God in terms of prayer. And the top left was kind of viewing him like Santa Claus where we just ask for everything and expect everything. The bottom right was the unmoved mover. So it doesn't really matter what I pray. God has a plan and he's gonna do it anyways. Yeah. The bottom left was kind of a question mark, which maybe you can address later because we didn't have anything there. So we were kind of curious what that is. And the top right is the good father who, um, it's that perfect mix of God knows what you want. He loves you. He wants to give you what you want, but also he has a will for you. He has a plan for you and he's not gonna go back on that. So my first question to you is, um, do you think most people are in that unmoved mover box? Because that's where I find myself and if so, why pray? Because he's the unmoved mover, right? Yeah, that's where I, and I agree. I think most of us struggle with that. I think probably baby Christians maybe struggle with the Santa Claus one. Mm. And then they start figuring out, well, I'm not getting everything. Yeah. And then they <laughs> they kind of learn and figure that out. And then, then they move into the cynical, like, well, does it even matter kind of thing. Um, I think that's where, that's where a lot of us are. That's why I think that here part is so important, um, that he, he, he really wants us to pray. And maybe one thing I can throw in that I didn't throw in yesterday that we just talked about that was really helpful for me with prayer is in C.S. Lewis' book, Letters to Prayer, Letters to Malcolm, chiefly on prayer. He had this really cool idea that, that gave me more confidence in the hearing. 
Um, he talks about, we tend to think of God as time bound. So when I pray now, he's hearing now, right? And he's like, no, no, I made my plan a million years ago. And you're telling me today you want this. It's, it's already figured out. So sorry, you know, I'm eager to hear, but no, no. Mm-hmm. And Lewis says, no, God exists outside of time. And so when I'm praying today, my prayer, he says, is actually heard in eternity past. And he said that God has invited me to the table of when he's crafting and creating what he's going to do, that he wants us to partner with him. And my prayers are actually part of that. And so I may ask something and he may, he's at, I'm at that table and he's like, you know what, that one, I've already got that thing planned, but no, but, but another thing I might ask, he's like, I'm going to use that. That's really great. I'm going to weave that prayer into what I'm doing in the world. And so that my prayers are heard back in eternity and that they really, he really does have them be a part of what he's doing. That's why James says that the righteous prayers, that they're effective, that um, we see God, Moses wrestling with God in prayer and Moses puts what he asks into effect so that I'm kind of at that table at the beginning of time and have that dignity of causality is what Lewis talks about. That was really helpful with me with that quadrant. Hmm. I still struggle with it sometimes, but but that that I, that picture to me was really helpful. So what Lewis is proposing is that since God is outside of time and he's omnipresent, that he, when I pray to God, he is not only hearing me today in 2021, but he is hearing me before the world was began. Yeah. Because God still exists back there. Yes. He is the I am. He's everywhere. still right there. Yep, he's still and there. he can hear my prayer in that yep, moment. In and that as moment. he creates the plan for humanity, he takes that into account. Yep. And in that way, my prayer is heard so far ago that it can actually be woven into his plan yeah. retroactively. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's some trippy stuff. That man. is really trippy. This feels like the Joe Rogan podcast. We just got so crazy <laughs> with our, our hot takes. Or if you're in a Marvel, it feels like we're now getting into the metaverse, <laughs> yeah. the spiritual metaverse. But no, to me, that's really powerful. And I think it um, is too. And it, you said the dignity of what? The dignity of causality. That God has yeah. created us to make to have an effect on things. Wow. And that he gives me that dignity. And so I'm really part cool. of, as he was setting things up, Man. What I ask fits into it. That's Not all of them, but who knows more than we know, maybe. Hmm. So ask, right? He's a good father. I think there probably is more to reality and more to our relationship with God than we know. I think that's a safe bet. So I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. Garen, that's that's all that I had. Um, well, wow, that's a deep one. Yeah. We could do another one almost on we've that. We've gone a little long on this one, but hey, any anything like... Any last word you didn't get a fit in yesterday or anything you want to leave us with on this on this topic? I think the main thing is just what, again, was the big thing for us when we talked that day. And that that Greek word, when it says approach God, that pros, that face-to-face intimate relationship that really he's calling me to intimacy, and that's what prayer is. It's just intimate communion with him about everything in my life. If we can get to there with our prayer life, then... It won't be perfect. We'll still have questions, but that's where I think he wants to get us to. And even though it's tough, our focus cannot be on the answer so much as the relationship we build through prayer with him, right? Yep, right. Yeah. Okay. Guys, thank you for being with us. This was a hard topic, um, but I'm so glad that we're in a, in a place where we can talk about these things and go to God's word and see what he says about it. So thanks for being with us again, and we'll see you next week.